Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And provides unbiased answers. Good question, though, a good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax. Invest Talk, over 42 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99 Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast every day, or most days. Uh, Justin and I switch off, uh, and I'm doing it the rest of this week. Um. And I love hearing from you, from you about your financial questions. Any questions involving money, we'll talk about. I'm always careful to give you the straight and unbiased answers. I don't like to give you information that is wrong. Therefore, I try hard to make sure it's factual. And, you know, we buy a lot of data from a lot of different sources and compile them to try to give you the right information. And I certainly don't have any hidden objective or agenda. I'm not trying to push anything on you. I don't. We don't do that here at Invest Talk, KPP Financial. And you know, you get to drive the show. You get to take it the direction you want as long as it's financial. We'll do it. Now it's going to be my goal, as it is every day, to try to help you understand what's going on today. We had a big move by the Fed, and the market rallied. I mean, bigger move than was projected just a week or two ago. You know, it was projected they were going to increase by half a percent because they kind of hinted that they were going to do that. And then starting about a week ago, uh, there was speculation that they'll raise it about 0.75 when the inflation news came out last week. That was higher than expected. So the, the, so we'll talk about that. We'll get to that in more detail later in the show. But it's going to be my goal to help you understand the environment we're in, okay? The investment environment, the economic environment. And I can say for sure that investing that today's investing situation is pretty different, very different from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where it, you know all, all interest rates were all falling over long periods of time. There was quantitative easing going on. And that's very supportive of the stock market, and it did support the stock market. And now we have just the opposite, <clears throat> just the opposite. So I invite your calls, your questions, or any, you know, you can call anytime you want on our toll-free number, 888-99-CHART. You can leave your questions anytime, 
But we're live right now, so let's get right to our first question. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Art from Tucson, continuing to build my small cap list here. I think I have an interesting one for us to explore. It's called CTS Corp, ticker symbol CTS. It's an electronic equipment company. Recently, it broke out at a rise in price, but um, I'm just wondering what you think about it, if it's a good buy here or um, we should wait for a pullback. Anyway, always interested in your advice, and uh, thanks for the great show, and I'll listen on the podcast. Well, a week, a week and a half ago, it was at $42, and today is at thirty six sixty eight. Is that a deep enough pullback? I would say no. You want it, It's going to go into a low 30s, I think. I would wait for that pullback. Uh, what does this do? CTS Corporation, uh, manufacturers, manufacturer of printed circuit boards, connectors, filters, frequent modules, sensors, resistors, so on and so forth. Um, they're going to make they make money, made money, and they're growing their money, which is very good. Two dollars thirty nine cents this year, up twenty four percent from last year. Next year, two dollars and fifty six cents, up another seven percent. And sales have been growing between oh, I'd say eight and twenty percent in the last couple of years. Now the problem is, is this is a small company, one point one billion, and it's a growth company, and those companies are not in favor. This one's done quite well this year. I mean, it's done much better than the rest. Okay, uh, is it up for the year? Yes, it looks like it's up for the year. Most growth stocks are not. So it is a pretty well-run company. Hardly any debt. Management owns two percent. Mutual funds have been buying it. Um, I would wait for a stronger pullback into the low 30s. It's at 3668 now. That's what I would wait for. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Um, my focus point today is based on this question. What can we expect from the Fed's quantitative tightening? Quantitative tightening, QT instead of QE. Quantitative tightening. What can we expect from that? When I say what can we expect, I'm talking about interest rates, uh, the market, the economy. What can we expect? I think many of you probably have a guess. So I do too. So we're going to talk about that. And you know what? No one knows for certain for what will happen. But you can make pretty good, pretty strong arguments what probably will happen. And so we're going to get to that. I have other topics. The Fed raised rates today. We want to talk about that, of course, more than expected. Uh, I want to talk about uh, retail sales. Retail sales report came out. J.P. Morgan says, don't be duped by doomsayers. Okay, here they're, they're, they're upbeat. We all talked about how upbeat they are. And I have talked about the oil finds in Guyana before a few weeks ago, a month or so ago. And I want to further explore because that, you know, everybody's so worried about oil and oil prices going up and so on and so forth. There are some rays of light out there, especially in Guyana, which, by the way, may prob- will definitely be the third largest producer in South America behind Mexico and Brazil. And they've been finding more and more oil off the shores of Guyana. How's that going to affect oil prices? So those are the things we're going to talk about. What did the market do today? Well, we had a surprising 
pretty strong day. I mean, I don't know if you saw the movements. Um, it started up pretty decent, then gave a lot of that back during the day. I mean, it was barely up, but it stayed pretty positive for the whole day. And then at, right after the Fed announced, the market fell some more. Didn't go negative, though. Then it started a rally. I think as people realize, the news out of the Fed, not necessarily bad news, even though they raised uh, the interest rate by 0.75 instead of 0.50, 75 basis points instead of 50 basis points. So the Dow ended up 303 points, or 304 if I average it. Uh, The S&P up 55, and the NASDAQ up 271. That was 2.5% for the NASDAQ, 1% for the Dow. So it was a pretty good day for the market. Is it going to last? Is it? I don't think so. I've told you before, and I'll keep repeating it, we're, the summer's going to be volatile. Okay? Uh, the summer's going to continue to be volatile. It's not, it's not done yet. We're not done yet with that volatility. So don't get too excited about what's happening uh, today or even tomorrow. I mean... One, two, three days, that, not much. We got, we got to see something else. We got to see some more evidence of what's going on. And we just don't have that yet. Okay, um, my trivia question today concerns bear markets. Ask yourself why, why a period during World War II was a significant historical marker. Why? That's coming up on the halfway point of the podcast. How did the market do today? As I said, it was pretty pretty good day after being a couple of really pretty bad days so it's still we're still in a downward trend we are still in a bear market we're we, that's not changed and i sincerely don't think we've seen the bottom i do not okay so just keep your powder dry we're moving into a break my invest talk phone lines are open 888-99-CHART why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre-screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. 
You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, everybody. Let's go to Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I appreciate the show. I'm uh, taking a look at uh, SYF, and I own it, and I'm wondering if it's time to bail on this. Okay, Synchrony Financial? Yes. Um, Headquarters out of Connecticut. Uh, provides private label credit cards through a group of retailers, including Amazon, Walmart, and Lowe's. They make good money. Uh, their best year was uh, last year, seven dollars and one cent. This this year they're going to make five eighty two, and next year five seventy nine. So they're starting to fall a little bit, um, and they are low price. It's a thirty dollars stock, right? But they're going to make five dollars and seventy nine cents. The problem is the direction. Of the earnings is down, not 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 terribly from 2020 to 2023, but it's still down. And it's a big company, 15 billion. It pays a 2.9 percent dividend, so that's not enough dividend to say to attract you know a lot of buyers into the company. Return on equity is very healthy, 31 percent. Um, you know, mutual funds are not buying or not selling, just holding on to it. I, I don't. There's I, to be honest. The the range of the P is three to fifteen, so even if it was you know eight or nine PE, that means that the count, the stock is about fifty dollars fifty five dollars a share and it's at thirty, so it's still fairly inexpensive. But uh, it's in you're in the wrong economic times for this to take off. That's the problem you have. You know we're in an economic cycle downward right. and interest rates going up. So I think it's going to affect this company negatively. And I would probably, I may not get out, but I definitely would cut back. I would. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you mentioned the word downwards. So that tells me that, uh, yeah, maybe it's time to take some profits and Yeah, probably. Probably. On. Yeah, I, I would. I, I, but it's still a good company. I don't want to let make you think that it's bad it's not it's just in the wrong economic cycle and it, you know it's things are going the wrong direction right now so i probably i probably exit thanks for the call i appreciate that okay here's an itunes review question from cj long island i'm thinking about adding more material exposure to my portfolio uh Val seems extremely undervalued. The dividend extremely generous, and almost seems too good to be true. Am I missing something? Well, let's take a look. V A L A E, I think, is the symbol. Yeah. Okay, and this is a Brazilian company engaged in uh, mining, exploration, minerals in Brazil and other countries. It's a eighty-three billion dollar company. It's huge, right? Earnings are going down next year, $3.16 after being $4.16 this year and $4.93 next year. Has a very large dividend. It says here 16%. It's a $16 stock. So the P.E. ratios are very low. And this is the problem. I, I think it's a very good value stock. I really do. The problem is, is we're going into an economic slump, I think. And it will it will pull down on some of these commodity stocks that have done very, very well. And this one's done very well. 
If you can hold on to it for the dividend, there's nothing wrong with holding on to it. Okay, just know that, you know, the P.E. is probably going to go to about five or six. And I think that's still very low. Return equity is 70. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with the company. I do not. Okay. That's V-A-L-E. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this question, are recessions inevitable? The U.S. has experienced at least 30 recessions throughout history, dating back to as early as 1857. That's tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz. 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Eric in San Jose. He wants to talk about big lots. Hi, Eric. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, hey, a few, a, a few months ago, um, you guys talked about Big Five. It was trading around 20, and um, actually it was more than a few months ago, probably six. Um, and over that time, I've been picking it up slowly but surely and averaging at about 14. You know, the fundamentals are, are great, um, or they, at least they look good to me. Um, I'm just wondering, why aren't the value hunters after this stock? Are we talking about big lots or big five? Big big five sporting goods, BGFB. Operates 431 athletic apparel outdoor equipment. I've been there numerous times myself. They're a small company, pretty small, only $259 million in size. So it's pretty small. Okay, so it can be pushed around by people. Okay, you know, it's $11.61. Uh, they're going to make $2.41 this this year, this year, after making two three forty three last year. Of course, that was a big year because of the COVID and everybody working out home and buying equipment and stuff, right? Uh, then $2.63 next year and $11 stock. So it's really low price, low price. The lowest PE it's ever had was two. And, you know, that's what? It's right around four. Right now, based on next year's earnings, um, and cash flow is very strong, pays a really strong dividend. Your sales are going down, and you know the question is: Will you know we're we're kind of been we're going into a slow economic slump, or it could be fast. I can't tell you for sure. Uh, I think we just need to realize that the change change in our environment. The you know we're no longer be growing our GDP. Uh, if at all, I think we're going into recession myself, but no, there's some mostly uh, pundits are saying, no, we're just going to slow down growth. But I think that's a fantasy world myself. Um, so you're just going to understand that you're going to have lower valuations going forward. Very good company, though, just really small. And if you, I think they'll be fine, but you're going to have to live with the dividend because you, I don't think you're going to get much on, uh, much of a return in uh, appreciation for at least a year. That's not even, I think, so you got, it, are you, can you be patient with it? And will you wait that long? That's kind of a thing that you need to make that decision. You know, Eric, gotcha. do you want to be a long-term holder of this? 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with the dividend right now. Okay, then this is this company will recover. They don't have a lot of debt, very little. They're really healthy. Cash flow is four dollars and twenty three cents. The company will be fine, and I think they'll they'll get back into the teens and maybe low twenties. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, but it might take a couple of years. Okay. Okay. Appreciate the call. That was a uh, big five B G F V. It was a symbol, everybody. Um, let's see. My focus point today is based on the question, what can we expect from the Fed's quantitative easing? Okay. Remember, we, uh, quantitative tightening, I should say. We've had nothing but quantitative easing up till recently until this year. Now we have quantitative tightening. So you would think it would just flip on its axis. With quantitative easing, money is easy, flowing everywhere, assets, prices of assets go up. Now we have quantitative tightening. Just the opposite will happen. Well, it does to a certain extent. you got to remember the financial system is really complex, okay? And the Federal Reserve cannot, cannot possibly anticipate every situation. They don't. They can't. It's impossible. And markets do determine the direction of yields. Remember, the Fed only controls the overnight rate, which it raised to by 0.75% today. 75 basis points. Uh, when it, a week or so ago or more, it was only be 50 basis points. A couple of months ago, only 2.25 basis points. And so it reacted, the Fed, to last week's inflation news, which was up. Not dramatically so, but up enough that the Fed wants to try to get ahead of the curve, which they are way behind. We all talked about that. We know it. Okay. So QT, QT is more than just rising interest rates. It's not just rising interest rates. Remember, the Fed only controls one rate. The market controls all the other rates. Now, we know that market rates have gone up pretty high, five and a third, five and a quarter percent for a 30-year fix from, what, three percent? And other rates are going up, too. All rates are going up, but they won't necessarily, they'll probably start to slow down their upward trend. They probably will slow down that upward trend. Okay? Remember, the Fed is letting its balance sheet run down. Okay? It's letting it run down, meaning quantitative tightening. And that will have effects. Okay? Just got to be aware of that. Okay. Um, let's see. Guys, I don't see it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 888-99 Charter is our number, everybody. 888 Hold on. I, um, my my computer went haywire here just a minute. But we do have a, a trivia question coming up at the break, and it's all about history. So we'll talk about that right after the break. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. 
It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99Chart. Okay, our trivia question. The question was when, where did the term bear market come from, and what has been the longest bear market in history? So, okay, first we'll talk about the definition of a bear market. The bear market phenomenon is thought to beget its name from the way in which a bear attacks its prey, swiping its paws downward. You know, they get on their hind legs and they swipe downward. This is probably why markets with falling stock prices are called bear markets. Probably. Not for sure. While bull markets are fueled by optimism, bear markets, remember, bull, what do they do? They gore and raise their heads upward. So that's bull market. Um, usually a bear market is defined as a 20% loss or more from a high. Bulls are generally powered by economic strength, bears by economic weakness. Now, the trick here is it doesn't necessarily coincide exactly with the timing, right? 
So you don't know exactly when they stop, when they bottom, when they top. No, it's very difficult. Now, prior to our current situation, the most recent bear market, you know what it was, was the COVID-19 bear market. Okay, the market fell like 37% in a month or so. The 2007-2009 bear market, remember the Dow was down 47 to 48%. That was a, that was a pretty bad. The tech bubble burst 2000 2002. Remember that one? What's been the longest bear market in history? Historically, stocks have taken 251 days or 8.3 months to fall into a bear market. Okay? So how many days have we then to fall into this bear market? It started January. Right? 30 days times 680 days. When the S&P has fallen 20% at a faster clip, the index has averaged a loss of 28%. The longest bear market was 61 months. It ended in March 1942. And that was when they cut the uh, index, the, the Great Depression, re- recession, cut the index by from that period to 1942, 60%. So it was a pretty difficult, long, long time. Okay. So there's your definitions, or some definitions anyways. It's funny that they don't really know where the term bear market and bull market really came from. They just, it's not like they know, they don't. Interesting. Okay, let's pivot to an Talk voice bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hello, I'm a new listener, and I've become a big fan of your podcast with Steve and Justin. Quickly, my history. I have a 401k with my employer them doing the max contribution yearly. And I have a Roth IRA them also contributing the max. Uh, and I opened up a Vanguard brokerage them investing in Vanguard index funds. And a couple years ago, I started investing personally in stocks. I started out with Robinhood. And shortly after, I switched over to Charles Schwab which I'm glad I did. Anyway, the past couple of years, I've tried to diversify my portfolio at Charles Schwab. I have healthcare, energy, tech, retail, and consumer. Uh, certain sectors of my portfolio have definitely suffered more during this time. These would be uh, Walmart, Target, Home Depot, and Facebook. Uh, my question is, should I keep them for a while? If so, is there any of them you would buy more at this time when it hits a certain price point? Which stock and at what price? Thank you for your time, and I appreciate any feedback. Okay, the only only one in that group I don't really care for, by the way, is Facebook. Now, other people would love Facebook, but I, I just don't care. But the others, you know, they're all, they all are big blue chip companies, okay, big companies, I don't know if I can count Facebook as a blue chip. And therefore, you know, long term, they'll be just fine. Now, I don't want to discourage you. My biggest my biggest fear is that you'll stop investing because the market's going to act poorly for a while. And it, one thing you have to learn as a new investor is it's not one direction up. It's not. It's two directions, up and down. Okay? So... We're going to have weakness, but you should continue to invest dollar cost average to your 401k and everything else through the weakness. It, it is temporary. Bear markets are temporary. 
The market has an upward bias over long periods of time. So don't be too concerned with this new bear market we're in. How deep will this bear market go? No one knows those things. Don't think anybody, any of the experts tell you. I mean, I read two different things today. One, one these are two different experts, experts on the market. One from, uh, you know, from uh, J.P. Morgan. They say don't get duped by the doomsayers. They said that the market's going to return to 4900 for the S&P 500. 4900 How much is that? That's a 30% gain from here by year end. That's what they say. I'm not necessarily buying that. And another expert said, oh, the market's going to collapse. So, so who do you believe? Don't believe either one. Okay, you just keep doing what you're doing. You'll be fine. Don't keep putting money in the world. Keep buying those blue chip stocks. Um, I think we're in a period for several years where value stocks are going to work better than growth stocks. And, you know, your tech stocks are growth stocks. So they're not going to work very well. Uh, your big, you know, big blue chip energy companies, commodity companies, uh, will do well. You're, you know, the companies that are cyclically sensitive, that means when the economic economy goes down, the stocks go down. When the economy goes up, the stock goes up. Those are companies that are like, you know, uh, Walmart or like, uh, you know, retailers that, you know, want have to have consumers come in and buy. And the consumers slow down their buying during the recession. So their profits go down. So those are cyclical stocks, and if you have a bunch of those, they won't do very well in this in this current environment. But the big ones will come back. You just have to be patient. That's all that is. It's being patient. Okay. Uh, let's pivot to another investor voice point question. I think we have another one to head up. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey, Steve or Justin. I'm calling about CamTech, ticker C-A-M-T. You know, it's a semiconductor company based in inspection and metrology part of the industry, and I believe they're based in Israel. It's a small cap. I believe that probably has something to do with why they don't have a higher valuation. Uh, the financials look very solid. They're growing at a healthy clip. Management seems to know what it's doing. I'd like your opinion on this and a good uh, buy price. Thanks. Camtech Limited, C-A-M-T is in Tom, Israeli maker of automated uh, optical inspection systems for the printed circuit board semiconductor industries. So it is a growth stock. Uh, it is doing very well as far as earnings and sales. Uh, the most recent quarter sales were up 35%. But I'll, I'll you please note that the most recent quarter up 35%. The quarter before that was 50 Core before that was 70. Core before that was 80. Core before that was 90%. So it's gone from 90% down to 35% growth. Still very good growth. But the growth is not as strong, right? It is a small cap, 1.1 billion. Um, I would submit that you, I, don't, I would not be a buyer of this stock at this time. Uh, simply because it is in the growth stock area, and that's where there's a lot of weakness, growth stocks. I I would be very, very patient. Uh, the company itself looks very well run, as you said. It does. It really does. I just don't think it's a good 
we're we're in a good time uh, cycle wise to be buying this company. But keep it on your watch list, and you know I think it it will come back. I mean, think about what they do. Uh, automated optical inspection systems means they're industrial, means the economy's got to be growing, not shrinking. And what we're doing, what we're seeing is the economy's starting to weaken and probably will shrink. So their, their earnings will shrink. That's what I'm concerned about. Let's go to Taylor in Minnesota. How you doing, Taylor? Hi, Steve. I'm calling on Newmont Corporation. I've mm-hmm. been seeing the commodity sector getting hit pretty hard over the last uh, probably month or so. Yep. And just wondering if this is a good time to jump in. Okay. I was thinking you were going to say a good time to take some profits. Uh, that you and is it a good time to jump in? Let's see. Let's take a look at a chart. Newmont Mine, everybody. It is a strong company. Uh, to give you some fundamentals. Of the company. It produces gold in the U.S., Australia, Canada, Guyana, Peru, Mexico, Argentina. You know, so it's a, it's a mining company for gold and probably other metals as well. They're going to make $3.26 this year, $3.14 next year. So the little sales are going down. Unless gold prices go up, then the, those numbers will change, right? Uh, sales are 5% growth last quarter. The quarter before that was flat. So, and it pays a 3.5% dividend, okay? Now, it just came off its high, okay, as you pointed out. Uh, the high was uh, $86, okay? Now it's at 62 Is this low enough to start attracting you back into it? I would submit that maybe you want to wait till the, till the low to mid-50s. Uh, not yet. It's not hit support. Support comes in very heavy, about $53, so I think I'd be patient and see if it weakens down to that point. If it doesn't, I'd probably be a buyer because it, it, it's going to be dependent a little bit on what the gold prices do. And we have high inflation, but we also have a strong dollar, which is frustrating because, you know, we thought gold would be going up this year, we meaning KPP Financial, and we are have a pretty good position in gold. We like the defensiveness of it, and we thought it would move up because inflation would go up. Well, inflation did go up. <laughs> but the dollar did too, so gold didn't, hasn't done much. Hasn't done much. Hasn't fallen. It hasn't collapsed or anything. But it's just not doing much. If gold prices go up. Newmont Mine's going to go up with it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Taylor. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. That's the number. J P Morgan says, "Don't be duped by doomsayers." Remember, I mentioned just earlier that they said in the next twelve months. They don't think a recession is going to happen, by the way. They don't. How come I do? I feel that we are going to go into recession. Maybe if it is, I, I don't think it's going to be deep, but I think we will get a recession. Uh, and I could be wrong about the, the depth. And, you know, all of us quote-unquote experts, we're wrong a lot. So don't necessarily believe me or anybody else. You know, we have, I, I base it on, just like J.P. Morgan, I'm looking at the same statistics they are, and I'm coming to a different conclusion. J.P. Morgan thinks by the end of the year, the market will be up 30%. They could be full right. They could, they're smart people there. They think the market's going to go up 30%. This is one of the reasons why you just don't get out of the market. You just say, oh, I'm giving out, because you can't time it. No one knows exactly where it's going to go. The Fed increased interest rates by 0.75% for the overnight rate. That means they got more aggressive in quantitative tightening. 
This, so they're now tightening. Tightening to me means contraction. Contraction is recession. Now, when will they turn around and stop contracting? That's really the next question, right? When will, you know, and I say, I always say, and as I, I've been looking at the Fed for 40 years, they, they constantly get it wrong. Not always, but constantly. Pretty consistent that they get it wrong. They're late. They're, they were late raising rates, and I think they'll be late reducing them, meaning the economy will be in a recession before they say, well, gee, maybe we should do QE again, quantitative easing. Maybe we should reduce rates because we've already increased them. See, uh, they will turn around. It's just when. So just be aware that the market will turn around. Bear markets don't last that long. Year? I'm, I'm just giving you a, a, a pretty generalization. A year? And this one started January because the market's topped in January and has done nothing but coming down. They don't usually count a bear market being the day it falls 20%. They count the bear market starting when the market turned around and started to go down. At 20%, the definition of the market is 20, is a bear market at 20% down. But that's not necessarily when the market started going down. So the bear market started in January when it peaked and started to roll down. So that means we're six months into this. All right? That's what that means. So... Just be ready. You know, we, we're, we've already taken a pretty good hit. If the economy does not go into recession, we're pretty much done, we're pretty much close to the bottom. If it does not go into recession, but I think a lot of people out there expect it to go into recession, and the expectation is we probably are. Now, what would turn the market around? Well, inflation. If inflation clearly falls next month in the next report. That may help stop the market from falling. But that means oil prices need to start coming down. Well, I think they will. I just don't think they're going to go down anytime soon. Okay? So those are, those are the things that we're looking at. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, just one, to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the goal. That's my goal, everybody's goal. And, of course, the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Usher in Dallas. Hi, Usher. Hi, Steve. Um, um, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for everything, everything you do. Truly appreciate it. Yeah, I'm calling about um, actually two questions. Uh, first is um, I have been sitting with cash. I've been sitting on the sidelines with some cash, and uh, with today's uh, Fed meeting, do you think maybe it's the right time to slowly start getting into the market? 
Um, and then secondly, I've been looking to get into agriculture space. Um, I've been looking at two stocks, uh, Bungie and um, Nutrient. Um, based on their next year's earnings, it seems like they're overvalued. And even with the recent pullback, um, I think they're still overvalued. Do, do, do you think with the Fed trying to curtail inflation, maybe it's a little too late to get into the agriculture space? And um, should I wait or should I, should I get in? Thank you. Okay, well, I do think you know, no one knows where the bottom is, right? I mean, I, I wish I could tell you that, okay, I think we're really close, but I can't tell you that. I do, I will say that, you know, we're in bear market territory, and during, when you're in bear market territory, and even really deep bear market territory for the tech stocks, that it is probably time to start putting your toe back in the water. Now, you might want to do it in a dollar cost average fashion, do it over the next months. Um, not just all at one time, uh, because, you know, the market could easily keep going down because the Fed's going to continue raising rates. They hinted that they're going to raise another 0.75 or 75 basis points next time they meet. So interest rates are going to continue to go up, driving the class quantitative tightening. Tightening means constriction on the economy. I think they can easily throw it into recession. But people, the market will react way before the recession hits. The market will go down. It's already been going down, and there's no recession. Now, there is none. But by the time you see it, the market, by the time we all sitting here talking about how deep this recession is, look at where, man, this is terrible. We're, the market will probably be moving up. The market always looks in the windshield, looks forward, not backwards, forward. And it says, it's saying that, Today, the market said, well, yeah, I think the, the Fed might get, might finally be getting on top of this uh, uh, interest rate, I mean, this uh, inflation problem. I'm not buying it yet, but that's what the market decided today, and that's why it rallied. Now, whether you should buy a particular company or that these two companies, I don't know if I, I'm not sure if I'd be in that, though, either one of those at this point. It's very difficult. I would look for something that you stick with value stocks. The very extreme. You want extreme values, you know, the very low PEs. You know, companies are not necessarily cyclical. You know that kind of thing. So I don't know if I could recommend either one of those. Usher, thanks for the call. Let's go to Bill in Northern California. Hi, Bill. Hey, Steve. I'm glad you got me. I kind of called a little late in the show here, but. Uh... I'm wondering about uh, BGS, B&G Foods. You know, I like to get it for the dividends. So I like to get it when it's down. You think it's down enough? Uh, are you gonna, I'm going to say no. <laughs> B&G <Sorry>. Foods, uh, <laughs> uh, $1.5 billion company, self-stable foods. That's what they do, the jellies and sauces. And just like the previous color, I, I, I think they have a – I think they're going to come down more for some reason. Uh I think it, I, I, I think it's a very nice dividend. I like the company. B and G Foods pays an eight and a half percent dividend. They're going to make a dollar sixty four this year after a dollar eighty eight last year. The year before is two twenty six. Next year dollar seventy nine. So they're going to be very very stable going forward. Uh, the problem you have with BGS is they have a lot of debt, and that worries me a little bit. The amount of debt, um, I, because any companies that have debt, they're going to have to start spending more and more money on servicing their debt because interest rates are rising. So it worries me about the debt. So I kind of 
probably would stay away from them because of that. Just that alone. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the call. I do. I do really appreciate it, Bill. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And of course, we encourage you to tell your friends and family uh, members about our show podcast. We really appreciate that. It's free. Everything's free. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please, if you do download from iTunes, give us, we would like a rating. That helps with our exposure. We like that. We appreciate that. We really do. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.